And I know, like, as a young person, like, it's hard to relate to the fact that your decisions today impact your health tomorrow, right, in 20, 30 years. And we know, like, these diseases that ultimately we die from when we're 60, 70, 80, they begin in our in our younger years, and it's a slow buildup. Like, these diseases don't just, you don't just have a heart attack. It's something that's slowly been building over years and years and years. Um, and it's completely preventable. And a lot of these things are completely preventable, um, but we just address them far too late. And I think we need to take a preventative approach to all of this versus waiting until it's too late. Times are related is your currency. Welcome back, everybody, to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This is Pat McCauley, as always. This week's episode, I'm sharing an interview I did last week with uh, some Northeastern students in Boston here. Uh, They were doing a project uh, for their entrepreneurship class on the negative impacts of animal agriculture, and they're talking to some people that um, are tackling that problem with various businesses um, and they thought of me, so they swung by Plant Pub, and this is uh, the interview we recorded. Uh, shout out to Priya Murchia for thinking of me and thinking of Plant Pub. Um, so we will resume the normal interview style podcast uh, next week, um, and I will see you again. Uh, again, thank you, Priya, and um, I will see you guys next week. Enjoy. Very nice to meet you. The focus of the project that we're doing is kind of the tremendous negative impact that the meat and dairy industries have on the environment. So that's including greenhouse gas emissions, wastage of water, and just generally irresponsible agriculture, as well as on public health um, and the seemingly irreversible lifestyle diseases that in fact can be significantly alleviated and even reversed through eating a plant-based diet. So we thought there was no one better to talk to than you. Um, so we have a few questions from you, and we would love to hear your insights. I love it. Thank you. Ha- happy to be here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the first question I-, I guess we'll start off with is um, what inspired you to go into the sector, and-, and what's your mission? Yeah, so what inspired me was my personal story. Um, when I was about 25, just a few years after college, um, I come from an athletic background, so like I always ate kind of what was typical in like sports. You know, I played football in college, and it was all about protein. It was all about, you know, high protein, low carb was kind of the thing you, you would do as an athlete. So it was yeah. eggs for breakfast, it was chicken for lunch, it was steak for dinner. Um, and I, w- I was always super in shape and, um, you know, thought I felt good. Um, but once the sport was removed at 25 few years after, after school, I started experimenting just because, you know, I wasn't playing a sport three hours a day. I found it harder and harder to kind of look and maintain how I wanted to look. Um, and it just started for me with like switching my breakfast out with a green smoothie. I found some dude on Instagram that was big in the green smoothies and he was all like, jacked and muscular and you know a sports dude as well so i was like okay like if this dude is is doing that like maybe i I have like the wrong lens on things and um yeah so that was kind of like my gateway drug i always say to (laughs) plant-based and just that change 
in how I felt in the gym and how I felt out for a run and how I felt energy-wise throughout the day, which is night and day from my normal, like, eggs and toast in the morning. Um, and it sparked, like, a six-month kind of experimental phase where I went pretty hardcore whole food plant-based. Um, so not like a lot of the things we have at Plant Pub here. And I'll explain why we take this approach here at Plant Pub. Yeah. Uh, but I was very much like whole plant foods, like an apple is an apple. You know, I was eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, legumes. Um, and all these health issues that I had had since a small kid started going away over the six-month period. Um, I had asthma growing up, severe asthma, and would do like breathing machines before bed and everything like that. Um, something I was always told I would grow out of, you know, as I yeah. got older. That yeah. was kind of the term people used. Um, I had allergies. I had skin problems that a lot of, you know, kind of teenage and, and young people have. Um, and all these things just started going away. Because, and it was just like shocking to me. And on top of that, I was getting faster on my runs. I was getting stronger in the gym. I was not going backwards. And I, I really had to let go of like that protein mentality which I now know to be was, was just not true. Um, yeah. And anyway, so when these things started going away, it was just a shock because nobody in my life ever stopped me. And I had nutritionists in college and I had coaches that were knowledgeable and I was constantly in the doctor's office. Nobody ever said, hey man, you know, you can address what's causing all these problems, which is how, you, how you're eating and how you're living. Um, it was always just like, here's what's wrong here's the band-aid, here's the thing to manage what you're going through. Um, so anyway, that sparked me wanting to talk about it. I, I wrote a book about my experience, I started a podcast, um, and I just wanted to start talking about it in Boston because nobody was. And like, I've lived here my whole life, and how, do, how was I not aware of that? Um, so yeah, and then that slowly led to Plant Pub, and really, Plant Pub's mission is to kind of welcome people into plant-based. and. What I've found over the years is like, no matter how much like science I throw at people or say that, you know, there's one diet on the planet that has been shown to reverse the world's number one killer, which is heart disease. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter how many times I say that, people still will not change or make change in their life if it's difficult, if there's social pressures, if they have to give up their night out with friends, yeah. their night out, you know, as college kids like you guys, right, you don't want to give that stuff up. Um, so yeah, Plant Pub's all about like welcoming people in to plant-based and showing them that they can still have pizza in a social experience every now and then. I'm not saying that's the gateway to health, but um, it at least opens people up to the fact that they can live without foods that I feel are very damaging to our health, meat and dairy, which I know we'll probably talk about. But that is the mission of Plant Pub, to um, make plant-based food approachable to everybody. Yeah, well, um, that's really awesome. So I, 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 uh, I noticed that you mentioned like it took a bit to get over kind of that realization. Well, it took a bit to get over, you know, how protein is like wasn't as beneficial as as a plant based in this circumstance. And I think it's it's pretty interesting to you that you mentioned that because when it comes to going to the gym, you know, bodybuilding, getting stronger, everyone sees protein as the number one way to go. And if you if you don't eat protein, you essentially won't get stronger. That's kind of the fact that that's been instilled in every young person and pretty much a lot of people in the gym's mind. So I find that very interesting because it's kind of like this protein norm. Um, exactly. And, and I, had a, I had a question to build off of. Um, so in, in your TED talk, you were mentioning that when you started getting into plant-based foods, you, you were doing some trial and error 
And there are some foods that got the Gronk stiff arm, as you mentioned. <laughs> so I'm curious as what what kind of what were uh, some of those foods that didn't make the cut? Just out of personal yeah. curiosity. Yeah. So I like I've always been like a health freak. I've always been super interested in like performance and you know what you put in your body and how that impacts things. So even before like you talked to my younger friends, like I was the health nut guy. So like I wasn't eating McDonald's. Like I wasn't eating fast food. Like. I wasn't eating, drinking soda. Like those things were way off my menu since I was 14, 15, started getting into sports, you know? Um, so I was eating what people consider still today, like a very healthy diet, you know? It was, it was eggs, you know? A lot of the time it was just the egg whites, you know? Um, and it was a salad for lunch with chicken on it. Again, because I thought I needed the protein. Um, and, and dinner was, you know, it wasn't burgers, it was like lean meats, you know, yeah. it was lean steak and things like that with a side of potato or broccoli or something like that. Um, so those were primarily the foods that slowly came out of my diet, was like what people still today consider health food. Um, but in comparison to how it felt to, you know, a big salad without the, uh, you know, Thousand Island dairy dressing and chicken on it uh, versus like a salad with without that stuff it was just it was just night and day or a smoothie like or fruit like the the feeling was just yeah completely different and yeah i always say like on the protein front like a healthy body does everything better than an unhealthy one and that's muscle building included and we get obsessed with like the protein as a means to build muscle but we don't ask like the bigger question like what does that do to inflammation in our body what does that do to sleep what does that do to our body's ability to recover from any form of exercise and that's i think where like we go wrong in sports nutrition it's all about like the short term how do we get through this workout without asking the question well how do these things that get me through the workout impact your body's ability to recover and heal um so yeah that's very cool um this is kind of i guess a it's obviously all related but um I mean, you've done a wonderful job with Plant Bub kind of creating a cushion for people that aren't as accepting of the plant-based diet and kind of showing them ways of how to make it more of an acceptable and comfortable experience um, closer to what they are probably more familiar with. But I've had this personal experience where people will talk to me about issues with their skin or with their bowels or just ABC. There's just so many issues that people will express concern about. And... Every time I try to um, kind of entertain the fact that maybe cut some cheese out of your diet or try not to eat so much meat, whatever, um, I usually don't get that great of a response. So what do you think the best way to kind of encourage people and make the plant-based diet more appealing rather than earthy, crunchy, vegan, that type of that yeah. type of lens? Yeah, totally. At least like my approach now, and I've learned this kind of the hard way because I, like many people was so blown away by all of the information when I received it that I wanted to tell everybody about it, right? You kind of, and you want the best for people because you feel like you do know what you know and you healed yourself and others can. But um, I think the best way is to lead by example. And if I can be doing Ironmans, then how can you ask me about like your protein for your one hour spin class after work? Yeah. It's like, really? You know, so I've just found like, uh, uh, being an example is the best way to do it and on kind of the approachability front like yeah specifically with with plant pub and everything i do like i try to appeal to men to be honest with you because uh men are, are the ones like 
that have the barrier up and definitely have like the connection to like meat and protein and that being like part of our how we roll if you will and how we've been brought up um so like i i take like a masculine approach to everything especially in plant pubs the same way it's like black and white branding it's beer it's eat plants drink, drink beer you know it's like how do if i can welcome in like the man's man then i think you can welcome in just about anybody because i think that's like the bigger the biggest barrier so i just lead by example and like if i can be fitter than you and if i can you know be healthier than you and spend zero time in the doctor's office like you know like the, How can the, you the question the proof is in the pudding like exactly. what, what are you talking about you know so that, that's what i found works best very nice yeah. awesome so i kind of want to we wanted to segue a bit into um, climate change and yeah. how uh, plant-based restaurants and, and just being uh, being vegan and plant-based, how, how that affects the climate. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to ask you um, what measures have you put in place to combat climate change and how do you engage with the, the community and customers to raise awareness about the climate crisis? Yeah, so obviously just the food is step number one, being 100% plant-based. And I'm sure you guys are well familiar you're doing this project on the harm of of the meat and dairy industry right um you know one of the leading causes of greenhouse gas emissions on the planet um you know ocean dead zones ocean acidification deforestation like the list goes on and on um, and just the amount of land and water that you need to raise animals for years so that you can then consume the animal um just doesn't make sense so we start 100 percent plant-based that's kind of what, what we stand for uh, when it comes to the environment. And then on the packaging front, everything that we use um, is compostable packaging. Um, unfortunately, there's still like a ton of limitations on like where it goes from here, right? Like we can put it in the recycling bin and the compost bins and all that. Uh, but if it's not actually taken to the proper like facilities, um, like there's, there's problems around that still. Uh, big problems, but at least if it does end up in a landfill or it ends up in the ocean, it will uh, biodegrade over time instead of being like a piece of plastic that, that's there forever. Um, so that's really what we do. And on the, I guess on like the outward facing stuff, every now and then we'll do like a post of, um, you know, the amount of meals we've served here and what that impact is in terms of uh, the greenhouse gas emissions we've saved, the water we've saved, the um, animals we have saved, all that. So we'll, we mix that in occasionally um, in like our social media and stuff like that. But I would say that's primarily how we do it. Yeah, I definitely think quantifying um, and kind of simplifying it for others to, to make it make more sense to them as to the impact that they're creating by just eating a meal, a plant-based meal versus non-plant-based meal. So in one of, one of the portions of the research that I did in one of my papers, I read that a bacon, egg, and cheese sandwich, when you purchase it and consume it, it emits, I think it was 1,441 grams of CO2, and that's the same equivalent of driving a gas-powered vehicle for 12 miles. So just yeah. kind of putting that into perspective and creating those comparisons, I think, is really cool, um, because it, it just makes it simpler for the mind to understand the impact that's being created by just a simple choice um, totally. and kind of what you're putting into your body. Totally. Totally. Yeah, so another question we had um, is when it comes to running uh, a plant-based restaurant, um, 
what do you think it takes uh, to make that successful? And then what uh, opposition or obstacles have you faced in raising awareness and um, acceptability and accessibility to the sector of the food and, and beverage? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, well, step one, the food's got to be amazing, right? And it like, is. Your, your product has. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, your product's got to be amazing, especially if you're doing plant-based, right? Because you have an extra layer of scrutiny if you are going to make pizzas and call it pizza. If you're going to make chicken sandwiches without the chicken and call it a chicken sandwich, like it's got to be as good, if not better, than what people expect. Um, so that's step number one. It's got to be good. Thankfully, we have an incredible chef who, you know, has been an iron chef and top chef and just been doing this for years and years and is just incredibly talented. So that is kind of step one. And then step two, like, I think with any business nowadays, you have to be a media company first before anything else. So like we take our social media extremely seriously. Um, I don't even like the term social media. Like that is just marketing in 2022. And it's baffling to me, especially in the restaurant industry, how people still don't prioritize that. They just do like cookie cutter, cookie cutter photos like day after day after day and get like two likes on them and expect like people are going to like engage with your brand and come in. Um, so media first, product first. Um, and then in terms of challenges, um, I could probably do an entire hour, you know, I, I think, um, I think right now in any industry, it's, it's people is your, is your hardest thing, especially with something that's like hands-on with a restaurant. Um, because there's just so many options, especially for young people to make money and get paid. Um, you know, you can be at home and make money on YouTube or OnlyFans or like all these different like crazy options people have that they didn't have just five years ago um, versus coming in and working like in eight hour shifts at a restaurant or something. So yeah. um, we're fortunate we, we have like incredible people here, a lot of people that align with what we're doing um, and are into plant-based food and kind of the mission behind it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a big challenge. And then um, the education piece, I don't think, is a huge challenge once people try the product. And again, if the product is good, um, you know, most people eat pizza and burgers in spite of what it is, not because of what it is. Yeah. So as long as it tastes good, um, you know, people enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it tastes good, people won't really mind what... You know where it comes from yeah, and what if, it is. If they asked, if they cared about where their burger came from, from like Shake Shack, they wouldn't be eating it anyway. It's, yeah, so it's like it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're eating it for the taste. You know exactly. Yeah, this is kind of random, but this is also from your TED talk. Um, just kind of the concept of cellular memory that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that's very interesting. Just the conversation of energies and how you can put positive energy and negative energy in the food that you eat literally holds energy because it's coming from living things whether those are plants or animals um so i guess just if you could elaborate on that a little bit i'm very interested in that yeah, portion this is, this is where people always throw me into hippie land they, they, they think i'm <laughs> no it's I'm, really cool i'm though. talking hippie talk now but no it's just like the the basis of physics right quantum physics right is that everything is energy right like this table at the core of it is, is energy 
you are energy, we're all energy, right? And we all vibrate at different frequencies to produce like what it is in the physical world, right? I mean, that's just, that's science, you know? Can't deny uh, we that. Love, we love science <laughs> in 2022, right? <laughs> we love talking about the science. Um, so yeah, it's uh, like, that's just the, the basis of reality. And when you put something in your body that, um, you know, lived a horrendous life, which any, you know, animal that was raised in a factory farm setting lived a horrendous life, right? They were fed until they got obese. They could barely turn around in their crates. They were whipped. They had their, you know, throats slit. Like it's, it's, that's the energy that that thing has that you are putting into your body. And we know from, um, you know, stories of, of people when they get transplants, right? When you like give somebody a new spleen or kidney or something, that there's these stories of like people all of a sudden they can play the piano or all of a sudden they have this taste for a certain dessert mm -hmm. that is like in a rare part of the world that they've never been to and all of a sudden they want this dessert um and that's just like i think a good example of how that works when you when you take something although we don't view it as alive and still living um there's still an energy to it and you're putting that in your body and when it comes to food that's something that's in your body. Unfortunately, for most people whose bodies don't work properly, you know, seven, eight days it can be in there. So, um, yeah, that's just that's just the facts. And unfortunately, people think that's hippie talk and don't look at food that way. Um, but yeah, you 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 consume and take on the energy of, of the things you put in your body. And um, you know, how can you be at ease and calm and loving? when you put, as I say, dis-ease in your body. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean nice. on that front. Very nice. Yeah. I love that concept. I think yeah. it's very interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so another question I had was, uh, so in terms of the future, how important do you think plant-based restaurants will be in the future and uh, how will they shape it? Uh, and how will they, how, yeah, how will they mold the, the food industry in the upcoming years? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's the future of food. Um, and I think slowly over time, um, unfortunately, we're still at a time, although like the rise of plant-based is such a big thing and we have billion dollar companies like Beyond and Impossible and all these plant-based companies, you know, meat consumption worldwide is still going up. You know, it'll be the highest it's ever been in world history in 2022 um, in various parts of the world. It continues to go up and plant-based meat is still only less than something like 0.5% of the entire global meat industry. So there's still a very long way to go. But I think like the awareness and the health transformations and all the things that people are now aware of with the internet is like expediting that. Um, and I hope eventually, and I think eventually, that the plate will, will, will be flipped. Where like the standard now in America is like, you know, 75% of your plate is a steak. And then you have like your little vegetables that make up like the, the, the side. And I think meat will become a delicacy, as I think it should, um, and a special occasion type thing. Um, and, uh, you know, a very small portion of the plate when you have it versus the primary focus of how we eat. And I think there's so many different factors that are going to make that happen. Um, not just health awareness, not just environmental awareness, but... Um, uh, just pure from a resources standpoint, from a water standpoint, from a land standpoint that we have 
available to us. Like that's a shift that we need to make. Um, I'm not saying everybody needs to eat Impossible and Beyond and all these brands. Um, you know, I think we don't need, need meat at all. But, you know, unfortunately, people don't want to give up meat. They love meat. So it's like, how do we, how do we replace what people are used to? Um, but yeah, I think the future is plant-based. And I think um, eventually there's going to be, I think in a decade in Boston, there's going to be, everybody's going to have plant-based options. Every restaurant you go into is going to have plant-based options and be way more plant-forward. And then from a business standpoint, it's going to come down to, like, who's the better brand and who stands for what they stand for. And uh, at that point, you're kind of just, I think eventually, like, a plant pub is going to become, like, just like any other restaurant in the next decade. And it's like, okay, how do you, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I think that's that's what's going to happen, so... I do think it is unfortunate kind of how people equate an elegant or fine dining meal to a steak or cured cheeses and meats and kind of just that concept that vegetables and fruit can also be beautiful and can be presented in this elegant, elevated manner. I think that's something I'm very personally interested in. So Mm. I think Plant Pub's doing a really cool job of changing that. Yeah, thank you. I hope so. Oh, um, this is kind of more of a like supply chain question, but just in terms of, I, I've been learning a lot about how supply chains can either be c- cyclical, so circular, or linear, um, and you kind of talked about this already in terms of the products that you use and how they're compostable um, and biodegradable, but are there any other measures that Plant Pub takes in kind of creating this cyclical supply chain versus a linear supply chain? You know, I can't say any that come to mind at the moment. And then also you can yeah. you can add um, kind of the sourcing and procurement of your ingredients. I think that's also probably an important component of that. So where where do you get the, the, the raw materials to yeah. create the product? Yeah, we definitely try to like on the produce front, we use all local um, and we try to use smaller suppliers that work with local farms. So like, you know, our lettuce and our Caesar salad and you know, the tomato on our burgers and things like that will all be from locally sourced farms um, in the Northeast. And then, yeah, like the cheese on the garlic fingers you guys are eating, that's uh, a company out of Brooklyn called Numu. Um, so, like, relatively local, not super local, but for, for plant-based products. Um, so, yeah, we, we do as much local as we can, but at the same time, like, we're going to use the, the best plant-based products that we think uh, make the best product. Um, and it's certainly our goal to like improve as we go with making our, you know, a a more cyclical process, as you said. Um, but yeah, right now we just got to go like one step at a time and we're, we just do what makes the best product right now. Um, make sure our packaging's compostable, compost our food waste. Um, and that's really what we do at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. So, so yeah, I had just one final question. So uh, I was curious what advice you would give to people who are kind of on the edge if whether they want to try out some plant-based, um, try a plant-based diet for a while or, or something like that. So I was curious, yeah, for those people who are curious but don't necessarily know where to start or how to implement that into their lives, um, what, yeah, what advice or a couple words would you give them? Yeah, I would say, um, I would say first, like, don't take my word for it, you know, like, dive into what we have access to, right? Like, watch, watch Game Changers, uh, you know, watch uh, um, uh, Force Over Knives, you know, watch watch kind of the, 
the documentaries that have like shown how you can transfer your health. And I know like as a young person, like it's hard to relate to the fact that your decisions today impact your health tomorrow, right? In 20, 30 years. And, you know, we know from autopsy studies, like if you go check out autopsy studies are super interesting, right? Of like, you know, a young person that was killed in a car accident or came home from war, um, you know, they all, almost all already have atherosclerosis, you know, the buildup of plaque in, in their arteries. So we know like these diseases that ultimately we die from when we're 60, 70, 80, they begin in our, in our younger years and it's a slow buildup. Like these diseases don't just, you don't just have a heart attack. It's something that's slowly been building over years and years and years. Um, and it's completely preventable. And a lot of these things are completely preventable. Um, but we just address them far too late. And I think we need to take a preventative approach to all of this versus waiting until it's too late and, you know, losing loved ones and all that. So I would say do your own research on that front. Like that's what motivated me was like, I, I don't want to have a heart attack like my dad did in his thirties. You know, like I don't want to leave my grandkids early and things like that. Like I think of, of, of it way out, you know? Um, but also like I get all the benefits of doing that now. Like I, am healthier than I've ever been. You know, I, like I said earlier, I spend zero time in a doctor's office. I, my body does what I ask of it, you know, and I feel like I can, if I want to run an ultra marathon tomorrow, I can run an ultra marathon tomorrow. And um, that's like empowering, that feels good. And it also brings from an entre entrepreneurial standpoint, like I feel like energetically, like I'm just on a different level than people that eat differently than me. You know, people that eat how I used to eat, I just feel like I have a motor that they do not have. So I view it as an advantage on that front as well. Um, so I would say start with your own research. And then if you wanted like one piece of advice on the food front, like just start with one meal, you know. And I think like we're just all creatures of habit. And if you can change your breakfast, like that, that's kind of how I started. It's like if you can just create a new habit for your breakfast that's more health promoting, um, and stick with that for a few weeks, like see how you feel and then, you know, move on to lunch if that felt good and then move on to dinner and just create new habits slowly. Um, baby steps. that's what I would say. Baby steps, you know, and it's not, none of this is about being perfect or, 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 you know, labeling yourself vegan or plant-based or anything. It's just like, we should all know, like, no matter how you look at it, whether it's the longest living people on earth. Um, or you look at disease prevention, or you look at uh, longevity, all of, the, all of these different areas, like, it's clear, the more plants you eat, whole plant foods, like, the better off you're going to be. Um, and the more plants we can mix into our diet, the better off we're going to be. And Yeah, it's not about the labels, it's about just knowing that. And if you want to do that, and you want to empower yourself and take back your health, like, you can do it. And the information's out there, it's just, you got to look for it. Well, you guys are doing great things at Plant Pub. We're very, very happy we got to talk to you. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Yeah, thank you so much, really guys. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. yeah.